2: Hello, good morning and welcome to the Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell, with you until 10 o'clock this morning. Thanks to Brian Redmond for the last two hours of Breakfast Buffet. Brian will be back with Sunday with the Stars tomorrow evening and also next week between 10 and 12 on weekdays. This, of course, is the last Bottom Line of 2021. And as we start the programme this morning, we're very conscious of all the people who found the announcements regarding further restrictions particularly hard to take as they pose serious if not fundamental challenges for their businesses and indeed for their plans for christmas this year we're very conscious of all the serious practical and logistical headaches this will cause you but perhaps most of all the emotional toll this is causing on people who've already had a very difficult time and all the upset and disappointments and difficult Is ...that people are facing. It's very difficult. We're not going to talk in detail about the latest restrictions this morning, but instead look back at the year and we'll be seeking to put the highs and lows of the last very difficult and tumultuous 2021 in context. And hopefully this will help show how we've come through difficulties in the past and hopefully how we can do so again. Later, I'll be talking to Duncan Graham of Retail Excellence about how the single biggest business sector in our local economy has coped and what the future looks like for retail, We'll also be talking to a social entrepreneur who we first met last February to find out how life has been for someone who started a new business during the pandemic. We'll be having another one of our 20 questions. And finally a man who faced a tough start in life, battled repeated bouts of ill health and against the odds build a world class business from just a few miles down the road from KCLR actually and he'll have an inspirational message for us suited for the times we're all in. But first to a man who is one of the most popular contributors to the bottom line, economist Jim Power who's regularly shared his insights and analysis with us since the pandemic first hit an incredible 22 months ago and we started to do this programme between 9 and 10 here on Casey lauren before we came on air I spoke with Jim and I put it to him that when we look back at 2021 it's difficult to know where to start.
1: Um, I remember John this time last year looking ahead to 2021 and um, I had a reasonably upbeat assessment of the Irish economy for 2021 but I stressed that it was all contingent on the path of the virus and at this stage last year we were starting to see the successful rollout of the vaccine campaign and that certainly uh, was the basis for Some optimism as we moved into 2021. And then, of course, Christmas Eve last year, um, further significant restrictions were put in place, and they lasted to varying degrees for most of the first half of the year. So I I guess the first half of the year was very definitely dominated by uh, COVID restrictions. Then in the second half of the year, we started to see uh, the situation easing, we start to see the opening up of the economy, and there was a semblance of a return to normality, albeit some sectors uh, were still, you know, finding going difficult, and of course, over the last two or three weeks, that has all changed again with the American um, variant and uh, you know, the, the restrictions that are now apparently imminent. So it's been a very strange year. It's been a year dominated by COVID-19. Um, but from an overall economic perspective, actually, it has turned out to be a decent year for the Irish economy.
2: Yeah, that's uh, kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? The Central Bank I think reporting um, 14% growth Yeah, that's, that,
1: that, that's, that's the sort of magnitude we're looking at now. And there's a few things I would say about that. One is that that sort of growth rate is exaggerated by the base effect so in other words 2020 um, was very weak and was subject to significant restrictions so you got this strong year-on-year bounce back as economic activity recovered and the second thing i would say is that it is very much a dual economy story Um, if you were involved in or indeed worked in sectors like foreign direct investment, financial services, professional services, the public sector uh, 2021 and indeed 2020 uh, were good years because those sectors were not subject to any significant degree of restrictions. They continued to operate and of course many of those sectors it is possible to work remotely from home so they kept going. So that part of the economy very strong. Uh, The export side of the economy notwithstanding some problems for Agri food as a result of Brexit, Uh, but the rest of the export sector, which is dominated by chemical and pharmaceutical, perform very, very strongly. Um, Then, the other side of the economy if you are involved in at any level those sectors most subject to restrictions the airline industry, the hospitality sector non-essential retail personal services um, it has once again been a pretty challenging year and but for the level of support that the government continued to provide throughout the year through the employment wage subsidy scheme and the pandemic unemployment payment uh, those sectors would have been uh, much worse and you would have seen i think a significant escalation of companies going out of business permanently mm. so all in all uh, 21 has been a reasonably good year but i stress that it is definitely an economy of two very different parts Mm. and um, as we move into 2022 um, (laughs) not a lot is likely to change
2: yeah now uh, you mentioned uh, Brexit there Covid dominating the headlines but Brexit would it be fair to say not as bad for Ireland but probably worse for England than expected. It's it's
1: been an absolute disaster for the UK at so many different levels Uh, you know the whole the the, the, the whole I I guess trading relationship of the UK with the rest of the world and indeed the political relationship has been seriously damaged and um, we've seen serious supply shortages um, and in the UK and there's been a serious complication in the UK's ability to trade with the rest of the world so from a UK perspective economically and politically I would deem um, 2021 as a year of disaster for the UK in relation to the Brexit situation. For Ireland uh, there has been an impact, there's no doubt about that because doing business with the UK either exporting to the UK or particularly importing from the UK has become much more challenging and we see the agri-food sector which was the sector that was always most subject to problems as a result of brexit you know there has been a modest decline in the export performance to the uk but what we've also seen is that there has been a dramatic decline in the imports of food particularly from great britain um and and that would suggest that you know for and indeed the uk's trading relationship with the rest of the eu would tell the same story um the the eu and ireland have continued to sell into the uk but the uk has found it much more difficult to sell into the european union mm. so definitely the uk was most adversely hit um from an irish perspective you know we saw businesses adjusting doing what they had to do we've seen a dramatic increase in um direct shipping from Ireland, particularly from Ross Lair um, to continental Europe, so the UK land bridge is being increasingly bypassed so that's a very pragmatic response to a Brexit related problem in the United Kingdom and the other thing we've seen of course is that trade between Northern Ireland and the South has increased dramatically in both directions and what that suggests is that the Northern Ireland Protocol is a dream for the Northern Ireland economy Northern Ireland has the best of both worlds it um, it has free access to the EU single market, and it has also free access to the UK market. Mm. So, uh, but 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 of course, uh, those economic realities have been absolutely drowned in the political issues around the Northern Ireland Protocol. Yeah. and we've seen the DUP very much. Um, Tie itself to uh, Boris Johnson and Johnson's view of the world. And of course, that could now backfire very badly on the DUP because um, it would appear that Johnson's days are numbered. Yeah. So that now, would um, create a problem for the DUP.
2: I think it was a, an economist who coined the fir- uh, phrase black swan events, stuff that nobody could predict. And, and were, they had a place in the world economy as well with a, with a ship getting stuck in the Suez Canal, which really exacerbated kind of supply chain issues. Supply chains are huge issue for the economy during the year too
1: Yeah, I mean globally supply chains have been under huge pressure Uh, the Suez event uh, created serious problems and it was quite extraordinary when that happened, when we suddenly started to see statistics about the amount of global trade that actually went through the Suez Canal you know, the numbers were absolutely mind-blowing so that that, that was an interesting Black Mm. one event but then we've seen at a more general level, um, serious problems with global shipping container container costs have increased more than tenfold there's a serious shortage of shipping containers Um, we've seen Chinese ports being shut down we've seen ships queuing to get into ports like Los Angeles so the whole global supply chain has become really really volatile and difficult and of course that has resulted in very practical issues with the inability to get stuff, or significant delays in getting stuff. So, um, a really, really unusual year from a global trading perspective. And um, I guess it shows very clearly how this the, the whole capitalist model of just-in-time efficiency um, doesn't prove very resilient when you get a crisis like we've seen
2: with COVID-19. Mm. Now, it's been an interesting year for you as well, Jim. You started podcasting and it's providing you a great platform for discussing in-depth a lot of uh, issues. You've also written a book um, aimed at the SME uh, sector, if I'm not mistaken, and I was interested to see you writing that uh, SMEs accounted for 99.73 uh, of the total number of uh, percent of the total number of enterprises in the Irish economy. A bit underappreciated do you think, SMEs?
1: Yeah John, yeah, there's, there's two things you, you know, you mentioned the podcast The Other Hand which I launched which launched with Chris Johns and I guess one of the reasons we did that is because I have found um, in a lot of sort of TV and radio interviews and stuff that it's become very sound Um uh, you are one of the few presenters that gives me an opportunity to talk at length about subjects so that has been a frustration for me, it has increasingly over recent years, so a podcast gives one an opportunity to talk for 30-35 minutes on a subject so we're really enjoying that, our listenership is going up and um, the hope of course in 2022 is that we can turn it to some commercial benefit, in other words we get a corporate sponsor coming in, but that's another challenge. Mm. In relation to the SME book, um, I Collaborated with an accountant in Kinsale, Cormac Fitzgerald, who does a lot of work in the SME sector. Uh, He's a very innovative accountant um, who's done a lot of really interesting things in Kinsale. So we we, we have been talking about the SME sector for years and we decided let's go for it. So we tried to quantify. What the SME sector is in Ireland, and as you say, 99.7% of the number of businesses in this country are categorized as SME, in other words, implying less than 250 people, and in fact, a huge percentage of those imply less than 10 people, so a lot of micro-businesses. The other thing is that those... SMEs—they um, employ less than five people on average between them. So there's a lot of small ones, and also they account for about 65% of business employment in the economy. So what we try to do is outline the contribution and the importance of SMEs, particularly to the whole rural economy, and um, and also you know the, the general economic contribution. Um, and we also then looked at and. Cormac I guess using his accounting experience looked at a lot of the issues his clients have been facing as SMEs. So this really, this book is a work in progress. Uh, it's a step along the road of trying to create some appreciation of the importance of SMEs to the Irish economy and I guess that the message that we very clearly left at the end of the book is that SMEs need to be given a much bigger seat at the government table. They need to become a much greater greater priority in terms of economic policy making.
2: Well look Jim we look forward to carrying on that debate with you next year. The book is called Smart Tips for SMEs. It's by uh, Jim Perr and Cormac Fitzgerald and it would I suggest make an ideal stocking filler for the business uh, person in anybody's life. Jim thanks very much for joining us on the bottom line during the year and have a good Christmas and all the best for the new year.
1: Yeah John thank you very much and I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity on the show all year And I'd also like to wish all your uh, listeners a very happy Christmas and hopefully a happy and prosperous uh, 2022.
2: Thanks, Jim. Thank you, John. That's uh, Jim Power talking to us there for the last time in 2021. And you can listen back to Jim's contributions on our podcast, or indeed Jim's own podcast, uh, The Other Hand, which he does with Chris Johns. Uh, just time to mention the VIP Club giveaway, uh, which has got a fantastic prize on Casey a 50 inch Samsung Smart TV. And all you've got to do is download the Casey app, fill out your details, and you're in for the draw on Christmas Eve. Waste no time. Do it now. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with lots more on The Bottom Line.
1: Wishing you a Merry Christmas. This is your Christmas Station. KCF.
2: Casey Lauren D. John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock. Lots going on across Carlow and Kilkenny in the run-in. Only, I don't know how many sleeps the Christmas, but it's this day week. Uh, but the Christmas market continues in Kilkenny uh, throughout next week. And also, fantastic fireworks display. It's a ticketed event. The tickets are all gone, I believe, but it'll be in the sky. So everybody will get a look at the sky over Kilkenny Castle if you're around Kilkenny City Centre. And lots more going on in Carlow as well. Now, what a lot of people are focused on is retail. And retail. Retail is a hugely important business sector particularly at christmas uh they are on the front line and it's a sector which even before the pandemic faced profound threats to its survival yesterday i caught up with duncan graham of retail excellence ireland to talk about 2021 how it's been for retail and how he's feeling about 2022 i started by putting it to him that 2021 was yet another unprecedented year if that's not a bit of a contradiction in terms
3: Yes. Um, it feels like we're into deja vu again, John, doesn't it? You know, we're we're back where we were last December. Um, how can I sum it up? It's, it feels as though it's been a bit of a sort of year of two halves. I think if you were to go back to January uh, of this year, um, you know, clearly non-essential retail was shut down uh, and remained so for that unprecedented length of time. I think it was the, the worst lockdown of any country in Europe um, through until the, the 17th of May. Um, and then we we, uh, we reopened again, and I think you know we actually reopened. People had money in their pockets. Uh, there was no doubt that retail had a fairly buoyant time of it. From sort of. Mid midsummer through the, through into Q3 and so on. So um, and yet you know in the last few weeks we've seen the um, restrictions being reimposed um, and a bit of footfall dropping out of certainly our main shopping streets. But mm. uh, overall, I think you know people have spent money and it's been good. Um, but um, you know it's uh, still very uncertain the world we live in at the moment.
2: Yeah, and retail very much on the front line, so to speak. Uh, a lot of it kept going through all the lockdowns, but you know people in retail it's very much a People, business, and the experience uh, counts so much in in retailing. That's changed hugely over the last 18 months.
3: Yeah, it has, and it's um, it's been it's been quite difficult. I mean, first off, whenever you go through periods, long periods of lockdown, um, what was very evident was when we did reopen, a lot of the people that were originally in retail weren't in retail any longer. So, you know, the, the, the world of work in retail had changed. Um, a lot of people had left the industry. There was a lot of. Recruit- Recruitment needed to be done. Um, there certainly were very many businesses that were reporting staffing shortages and things like that. So, you know, the, the workforce that you'll see in retail this Christmas is, is quite different from the workforce uh, of, of, of you know, last year or the year before. Um, and then, as you say, retail is an experienced business. I mean, you know, I think we've got into this way of working now in retail that's... Uh, you know, if you want to buy something, you want that transactional purchase. You go online, um, and we've seen a massive move to online purchasing. You know, online shopping from your supermarkets is something that a great many people do. Um, and yet, you know, people often say to me, "Is that does that mean that the high street is dead and that uh, you know we're all going to be doing all that shopping online in the future?" And not a bit of it. You know, there is still a very big place for shops and that physical experience. And I think, yeah, you know, we've seen that whenever we've unlocked, haven't we? That uh, people flock back into the shops. You, know, you can imagine. Remember the, pe- the queues outside the pennies mm. uh, whenever the, we've reopened, and, and people like that bit of retail ther- therapy. And we shop with our senses, with all our senses. And you know, you can't do that online. So, you know, I think we're now getting used to this, this, um, this sort of digital shopping, this uh, this mixture of physical shopping and, and shopping digitally.
2: Yeah, I think that's
3: set to, set to continue.
2: And I think there's a hunger among people for the shopping experience and to have healthy high streets and shopping streets in their towns and and cities but but the balance is changing
3: yeah, it is, um, but and I think that uh, you know more and more we need to be looking at how we bring people back into our towns and cities. There's no doubt that uh, you know hot on the government's agenda for for next year will need to be town centre renewal and, um, and and town centre recovery, and we need to find ways of bringing people back. I mean, you know, you just take Dublin for example. Footfall for most of this year has been down about thirty percent on pre-pandemic levels. Now, I think as you go outside of Dublin. Uh, around the country, you know, to Waterford, and places, you'll find that footfall isn't far off pre-pandemic levels and people still enjoy shopping locally and enjoying shopping with local businesses. And I think that's been probably probably one of the things that's really benefited from the pandemic has been this, you know, reconnection that we've made with our local towns and our local communities and our local businesses. And I think that's probably where the future of retail will go. But there's no doubt that we've been through an enormous change over the last couple of years.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned staffing. There, um, many industries and, and sectors of the economy finding it difficult to recruit and uh, maintain or retain staff. How's the retail sector going in that respect?
3: Yeah, very much the same. Um, I, you know, we, we, we've if you if you were to look at the front door of any retail outlet, uh, probably in around September October time you'll have seen them hiring um and you know if you think that if you think to sort of pre-pandemic um the retail industry was made up with a lot of migrant work, workers you know, a lot of people whose um whose original, original countries of origin weren't ireland um and you know inevitably through the pandemic many of them uh, did leave the, leave the country and you know they found themselves back at home in uh, certain parts of europe let's say and they, they found that jobs are quite easy to come by in some of those locations now and the, the economies in those areas are thriving and they've not been uh, uh, you know, they've not felt the need to come back into Ireland. So it's really changed and I think um, the retail industry as a whole, um, you know, we need to work with government to get uh, to, to, to represent retail as a great um, career opportunity and when you think about it you know, there are enormous, uh, enormous amounts of career opportunities that are coming out of retail now, you know, with the whole move online, e-commerce, Logistics uh, and all of those angles, as well as as, as as the sales floor and the customer service bit. You know, it's no, it's no longer a job where one goes to stand on one's feet and uh, talk to customers for eight hours a day. It's very very much a changing environment and an
2: exciting environment to move into yeah now you mentioned logistics and uh, we were talking earlier with uh, jim power about the whole supply chain crisis the most mm. vivid uh, example of that i suppose was that big container ship the ever given jamming up the suez canal but how mm. difficult have retailers found the whole supply chain issues are your uh, playstation 5s very difficult to get this christmas
3: yeah, look, I, I, there's no doubt that anything that's been coming from um, further afield, and, you know, the Far East is a prime example, uh, those things have been ha, have been more difficult to get hold of, and the supply chains, the lead times on getting those products into the country have been a lot longer than previously. Um, you know, I found it interesting around in furniture shops, for example, uh, in and around September, October time, they were quoting, you know, 20, 16 to 20 weeks delivery uh, on things that previously they been they would have been promoting pre-Christmas delivery. So, you know, there's a lot of those sort of angles coming across. Um, and so, you know, supply of products from the Far East and from further afield has been really difficult. And I think what you've seen over the course of um, this last year is retailers really looking at where they're sourcing from. So, you know, Scandinavian countries, northern European countries have suddenly become much more attractive uh, to retailers. And, and equally, shopping locally, has for retailers going and finding Irish suppliers has become more paramount as well and that's not just led by cost and, and, and the fairly commercial angle but it's also led by sustainability you know mm. the need to uh, to cut down on the on, on carbon footprint and so on and I think we'll see that continuing John but uh, there's no doubt that certain products as I say things like um your, uh, you know, your, your high tech items your, your electronic toys and things like that have been in short supply this Christmas but generally I think stocks have held up reasonably well throughout but uh, certainly next week if you're out shopping next week you know you might find there's a few gaps on the shelves
2: Yeah I'll be out probably about Friday is usually my day that'll be <laughs> <laughs> Yeah well um, another thing in retail though um, you know masks have to be worn in retail and not everybody unfortunately is agreeable to wearing a mask. I I personally during the year saw, you know, a person behind the counter having to deal with a very abusive person who was giving them all sorts of guff about wearing a mask. Is that pretty common in a retail environment?
3: um uh, it has become more common and it's become more difficult john um i think uh, you know as i said before inexperienced workers um you know frazzled customers uh and talking to somebody behind a face mask are not really uh, good recipes for great customer service and i think you know one of the things that is, is kind of underestimated is you know we've spent so much time just looking at people's eyes and not seeing the smile um and the smile you know Smile can, can can very often just uh, diffuse a situation straight away, and of course we've not been able to do that. And you know you add all the pressure of customers who are um, you know in, in that Christmas frame of mind, wanting to get things done quickly, uh, concerned about their own health, concerned about a store that might be a little bit busy, um, you know, add all those things together and and you have got some some difficult situations. And I think, you know, the, the bottom line here is, I think the, the real urge uh, to customers is maintain some patience. It is Christmas after all. You know, I think retailers in many cases have been the, the unsung heroes of the pandemic, you know, the ones that have been in work day in, day out, um, dealing with some quite difficult situations but there's, there is no doubt that there have been some more challenging situations this year than, than we've seen in previous years and you know hopefully this Christmas customers will have a little bit more um, patience and, and just you know think about the person behind the mask.
2: Mm. What are your hopes for 2022? It's very difficult to predict what kind of year it is but uh, what would retailers uh, be hoping for?
3: Um, look, I, I think the biggest thing that retailers would like, John, for next Christmas, and I'm not being coy about this, but, you know, is actually a a trouble-free uh, year of trading, not to have to face into lockdowns. I think that would be – I think we'd, we'd, we'd take anything just to have that, just to have some certainty, some uh, – you know, when buyers go out in, in the spring – Starting to buy product for, for next Christmas to know that there's going to be uh, you know a fair wind, but with a fair wind they're going to be actually able to sell that product, and that um, you know there's not going to be any disruption or any further lockdown. So I think that's the, the biggest thing.
2: Yeah. Now, finally, you had your um, awards, the uh, yeah. retailers of the year, and a big win for one of our best loved local retailers here in carlock Kilkenny.
3: Yes, of course. Yeah, where you had Arboretum, you had a number of Southwest retailers. Uh, in all of that but uh, Arboretum won national retail over the year uh, they're fantastic business you know and that, that I guess is the, is the big thing for me it was just spending the week going around and seeing 30 of the best stores in Ireland and, and you know what we've got some brilliant businesses that are comparable to the best in the world and you know um, we, we're very lucky in that sense and, and I think uh, you know that's really where the um, you know I feel very optimistic about the future when I look at some of what bu- the businesses uh, the positive things that businesses businesses have been doing uh, over the last year couple of years to reinvent themselves so i think the future is bright for retail uh, john at this stage
2: well that's a great note to end on that's duncan graham managing director of retail excellence ireland thanks duncan and best wishes to you for christmas and the new year
3: thank you john
1: the Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to
0: you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the safety's largest independent accountancy practice,
2: www.omf.ie. From all of ours to all of yours. Happy Christmas, KCLR. Happy Christmas indeed. Uh, John Purcell with you on the bottom line until 10 o'clock, or around 10 o'clock anyway. We're running a slight bit uh, uh, behind time here this morning. I want to bring you uh, the last 20 questions of 2021. It's a very popular feature which we've been running on an occasional basis on the bottom line, but it always gets a good reaction. It's where we ask a person who is well known in business across Carlock Kilkenny to answer 20 simple enough questions designed to help us learn something about the person behind the business face. Let's have a listen to the guest this week.
4: My name is Yvonne O'Toole and I live in Great Cullen, Carlow, leash, and um, I work in MSG as communications lead.
2: And where were you born, Yvonne?
4: I was born in Carlow Town in St. Bridget's Hospital.
2: Tell us a bit about your family growing up.
4: My family growing up. So I have three brothers, no sisters. Uh, John Joseph and Shea and they I live in Tullow they work with my dad they're family business so I'm the only person from the family that doesn't work in family business
2: Tell us about your education
4: I went to primary school in Tullow and then I went to boarding school in mandras County Leash I did an undergraduate degree in logistics and international trade in the University of Ulster and then a master's in supply chain management and I've had a career change in the last um, number of years so I also studied a diploma in communication.
2: And what was your first grown up job?
4: My first grown up job probably was an internship that I did, a full year internship in Dublin Airport in the freight terminal, uh in a sales and marketing role which I absolutely loved.
2: Who or what had the greatest influence on your career path?
4: Uh definitely my dad. He's nearly eight years of age. He uh know taught me the value of hard work uh, and he gets up every day no matter what's happening and plows on and keeps going so i really admire his work ethic
2: what's the favorite thing about your career
4: what i love about my career no two days are the same and um, i get the chance to be really creative to meet lots of people i love meeting lots of different people so that's my favorite thing i guess
2: can you tell us about the most important or a defining moment in your career
4: um, as I say, I did my undergraduate study in the whole area of logistics and supply chain but I had a cancer diagnosis in 2012 and after that I changed I, for lots of different reasons. I decided to change direction a bit and um, I went into the whole area of communication. So that's been fantastic.
2: Can you tell us about your typical working day?
4: My typical working day? Always coffee first anyway and uh, after that I'm able for anything so... Um, Typically in MSD, we have our kind of uh, management meetings in the morning and plan out the day and what we have to do. And and after that, anything can happen. It's a very varied role that I have. So it's fantastic and that's what I love about it.
2: What do you value most in a colleague?
4: I love people that are real and authentic and uh, honest and true to themselves and just bring the real selves to work and to the team.
2: And how would your colleagues describe you?
4: I'd say hard-working uh, and fun. I like to have fun. We work for a long number of hours during the day so I like to have a bit of fun as well.
2: How do you deal with setbacks or overcome challenges?
4: Um, this has changed over the years because I said in 2012 I had a serious cancer diagnosis. In uh, had a rare type of cancer in my face and my neck and since that nothing phases me because if I, I always imagine if I got through that I can get you around things. So nothing really phases me anymore.
2: What's been the proudest achievement in your career today?
4: I'm a proud Carla woman, very proud of the county that I come from. So in 2018 and 2019, I was president of Carla Chamber Commerce. That was a really proud um, achievement for me in my career, I suppose, to lead the business community in in that presidency role.
2: What advice would you give to people starting out in their careers?
4: A simple quote uh, that I always live by, whether you, t- whether you tell yourself you can or you can't, you're probably right. So you can do anything you put your mindset and never tell yourself you can't.
2: How do you like to relax?
4: I love to, the outdoors, I love to walk, I love to walk the barrow. I walk the barrow, full barrow over the summer with Father Dumpy. Um, but I've also taken up the ukulele recently and I really, really love that if I have 10 minutes in the evening that I'm not Doing stuff with kids or whatever, I like to take up the ukulele and play a bit of music.
2: What's your favourite holiday destination?
4: Uh, Keith and I went for our 10th anniversary to Greece and it was absolutely, we fell in love with the place. It's absolutely fabulous. So, we really love Greece and can't wait to get back there.
2: What, if anything, has COVID 19 made you realise?
4: first day, I suppose the resilience that you know who would have believed we could have done what we've done in terms of change in the way we live like so we're so resilient as people that I think we underestimate that but as well as that I know myself I'm working from home now nearly two years in March. but I love people and I miss people so to be able to survive this homework and I do have to get out and meet friends for lunch or you know I just really really love people and miss seeing people face to face
2: are there any business books that you would recommend and why? Uh,
4: God, I had to think about this. I read a book about 15 years ago called Fierce Conversations. It was by a woman called Susan Scott. And it really talked about the masks that we think we should wear in work or at home and live up to the expectations. But when you can come out from behind yourself and make it real and be a real self and have talk um, I suppose from the heart and have read the conversations that can hugely, powerfully impact for your life so I must read that book again now
2: Tell us something about yourself that might surprise us
4: God I'm really embarrassed but I'm a massive Johnny Logan fan and I wasn't really going to admit that but I am
2: <laughs> What is your favourite piece of music and why?
4: I love music uh, and I love singing and so I have so many, it's really, really hard to pick one, but I love creativity so I really like mashups. So one that really, I really love at the moment is Elton John and Giulipa, the Sacrifice Rocketman mashup. I think it's fabulous.
2: Well my apologies to old Elton John Uh, they're going to have to fade him away and that was a very enjoyable chat with Yvonne Jones there and the word is out Yvonne's uh, guilty secret is she's a big Johnny Logan fan. What's another year Yvonne? Uh, I suppose uh, we've all got our uh, skeletons in our cupboards and that's not the worst one that I've ever heard. Uh, It's just 12 minutes away from 10 o'clock. Running a bit behind time but it is uh, Christmas after all. Uh, Coming up we're going to be talking to someone whose business journey we've been following over the last two years don't go away the bottom
0: line on kclr with john purcell brought to you with thanks to o'neill foley accountants now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business www.omf.ie
2: i mentioned we've been following the uh, business journey of fiona o'neill not just for this year but last year as well fiona the founder of jobs for family carers dot uh, i e fiona good morning Hi, how are you? Very well. Now, uh, things going well for you. You were at the startup stage. You were in the Ideas Academy when last we spoke. uh You've landed a big thing with uh, investment from Royal London Changemakers.
0: That's it, exactly. And exactly as you said, starting from an idea in 2020 to move into 2021, where now my idea has gone to be a limited company and the backing of Royal London, who are based in Dublin. They're 150 staff in dublin they've invested 20,000 in my company to be able to bring my company onto the next stage so 2022 is going to be the start of actually my first hires and bringing a building a team around jobs for family carers
2: yeah now your website address i suppose says exactly what it does on the on the tin you find jobs for family carers
0: Yeah, now family carers as being people maybe who are at home looking after maybe a a parent with Alzheimer's or someone who's sick or a child with a disability. So those family carers, because family carers um, receive a carers allowance and the maximum they can work with the state state payment is 18 and a half hours a week. But to find a job with that, those type of hours is slim very slim, very hard to find. So it's about helping the family carers find those jobs, but even educating employers to let employers know that there's a, thousands of family carers in Ireland that are, that are qualified and have skills to give, but have these limited hours.
2: And, and working from home that'll... is sorry Fiona, but yeah. working from home is now a more accepted thing, so a lot of opportunities for family carers Seriously. really, so you're yes. the right idea at the right time I would imagine.
0: It, that's it and it, that's the, one of the positive things that COVID has really given us is that that years ago to work from home was a a complete no-go, that from a security point of view, technology point of view, whereas now people have been forced to work from home, but it's something family carers can really um, grab with both hands and be able to put their skills to use for a company and work around their commitments as caring as well.
2: Yeah, um, how are you finding uh, bringing a business from the idea stage to reality and, and looking at taking people on?
0: Um. Nerve-wracking. Being really honest. Because, like I said, uh, any sort of a a new journey is going to be nerve-wracking. But the the whole concept behind my business is social enterprise and it's about um, solving a social problem through a business model. And as I said, if, if... people like me aren't willing to grab the bull by the horns and start these businesses to solve problems for society well then who is going to do it? So sometimes that nerve need to change into excitement and to be able to get the business moving to get the the, the solution to the problems you know.
2: Well Fiona it's an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you and hopefully we can continue to follow your adventure next year uh, and anybody who's a family carer who's got uh, a yen to get back into the workforce while continuing their uh, carers Uh, role can look at your website and get stuck just give us the address fiona
0: so it's as you said IE and to employers as well if you're finding it hard to fill vacancies right now like I said maybe we'll look at the hours just get in contact let, let us have a conversation about it see if we can help in any way
2: Well listen Fiona pleasure dealing with you and talking yeah. to and you a,
0: and thank you to the Bottom Line as well for always being, uh, giving me the opportunity to have a chat so thank you to you as well
2: Well pleasure Fiona and we look forward to keeping uh, in touch with you next year In the meantime Brilliant. have a great Christmas and New Year you Thank too. you That's Fiona O'Neill uh, founder of jobsforfamilycarers.ie a great woman with a great idea great determination and looking forward positively unfortunately that's all we've got time for this week and indeed this year on the bottom line over Christmas if you want to listen back to this or any of our programmes you can do so by listening through the KCLR app thanks to all our guests this week Jim Perry, Duncan Graham Yvonne Jones and Fiona O'Neill. And thanks to all our guests, contributors and people who've supported us over the last 12 months. Literally hundreds of people. And thanks to you all. Thanks to the team who along with me work to bring you the show every week. Thanks especially to Deirdre Drummy who produces the show. Thanks to Paddy Hage for the listening ear, the feedback and the support. And thanks to John Keane and Ken McGuire, who are constantly in the background providing technical help and support. Thanks most of all to you for listening. It's a real privilege to be with you every week through the highs and lows of your life Lives, both in business and in the community, as we battle together through these tough. Times. We're wishing you all a happy, peaceful, and safe Christmas and New Year and looking forward to seeing you again in 2022. We're going to leave you with a message for the times we're in. There's no denying that during 2021, whether business has turned out well or not, the going has been tough. And we're going to finish with a short piece read to us by Paddy Byrne, the founder of Burnside, a man now in his 80s who battled a tough start in life, has been dogged throughout his life by Health challenges, and yet, who from his home in County Carlow started a group of companies with his family that today employs over a thousand people in this area. Paddy is still sharp, alert, and still contributing to the business he started. Here he is reading. Don't quit
5: when things go wrong, as they sometimes will. When the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile but you have to sigh. When care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't quit. Life is queer with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns, and many a failure turns about when he might have won had it if he'd stuck it out. Don't give up though the pace seems slow, you might succeed with another blow. Often the struggler has given up when he might have captured the victor's cup. And he learned too late when the night slipped down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tent of the clouds of doubt. And you never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems afar. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's with things seems worst that you mustn't quit.
1: The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought
0: to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast.